This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Social venture partner Charlotte Seed20 is an annual competition that brings together nonprofits from across the city to showcase their innovative ideas and compete for funding and support. But C20 is more than just a competition. It's really an opportunity for nonprofits to connect with each other, share ideas, and, and learn from one another, and, and have the community do so as well. By participating in C20, these organizations gain exposure and access to valuable resources that can help them achieve their goals and really make a difference in the community. In this episode of Newsmakers, we'll be discussing the importance of C20, its impact on Charlotte nonprofits, in the state of nonprofits in the Queen City. I'm Alex Selich, and this is Charlotte Newsmakers Podcast. I talked to Executive Director of Social Venture Partners, Kristen Beck. Kristen, thank you so much for, for joining Newsmakers today. It is my absolute pleasure to be here representing Social Venture Partners Charlotte and our signature program, Seed20. If you could just go into, you know, who, what is Seed20? What do you all do? And maybe what's something that people might not know about what you yeah, all do? Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity again to be here. We're extremely excited. Um, Seed20 is actually the signature program of a venture philanthropy nonprofit here in Charlotte called Social Venture Partner Charlotte. It's our most public program of all the programs that we have. It's a little bit part Shark Tank, part TED Talk um, in terms of the experience on stage, but it is essentially an innovation program that is available to nonprofits in the greater Charlotte region. So that is any county that is touching or surrounding Mecklenburg County. We're looking for innovative ideas and, and organizations that are tackling our community's most pressing social problems. And there's lots of ways to, to do that, but this is really shining the spotlight and giving a platform to some of the more innovative ways to tackle issues such as um, education and maybe food insecurity or mental health, um, the arts, a variety of programs. And so it's so much more than this amazing event that takes place. And this year it's taking place on April 27th um, at 7 p.m. at the McCall Family Theater inside the Imagine Library. But it's more than just a show where people can come and, and be inspired. We've actually been preparing these nonprofits. Um, we had a record number of applicants this year Amazing. back in the fall. Um, so there is definitely a demand. We had to take a bit of a pause. The program has been in place since um, 2011. And obviously during the pandemic, we had to shift virtually in 2020. We modified in 2021, and then we pressed pause in 2022. And so this is really the first time we're bringing the program back to the stage. This year, we're bringing in 10 of our community's most innovative nonprofit leaders and we provide them with the marketing assets, updated headshots, a professional video that introduces the community to their organization and to the issues that they're attempting to tackle. And then they are assigned to community volunteers as coaches that walk alongside them to help develop a three-minute pitch um, that they will then take the stage 
on April 27th and share about why their work is so important and how their organization is making a difference. And then the audience members get the chance to help us decide we're going to give away more than $30,000 in cash and in-kind prizes right there that night on the stage. Um, and so, you know, it's a huge opportunity to just be inspired, to be educated about some of the issues going on and some yeah. of the organizations locally that are tackling that. And even and to be involved. The, That's so neat. After the big event, then we hold a reception right out in the lobby and everybody will have an open bar and we'll have snacks and, and you can literally walk right up to these amazing nonprofit leaders, get to know them, get to know more about how you might volunteer, how you might support their work, how you might make a connection or open a door. And so it is really, truly unlike anything else that is held in our city by way of educating, informing, connecting, but also celebrating the good work being done. 100%. And it just allows audience members too. And like you said, the community to, if they hear a pitch that really speaks to them or that they're passionate about also, like you said, how can they get involved or, you know, just be, be a part of, of making it better or figuring out what's important to them too. That's so neat. And I was taking a look at some of the winner's from um, 2020, you know, that included Feeding Charlotte, Transforming Youth Movement. I'd love to know, almost three years later, where are some of these folks now? I can tell you that Feeding Charlotte has moved into one of our other programs, which is our Investee Grant Program. And so now uh, Social Venture Partners, which is a venture philanthropy organization, they applied for our investment grant. And so we've been walking alongside them with our grant money, with our time, our talent, and our expertise. We have individual and corporate partners that invest in our organization. And that's really where the funding comes from to be able to then make these grants and walk alongside them. So they're expanding the number of food meals that they're rescuing from landfills, the number of nonprofits they're able to redistribute that food from. They have a really slick app. They used part of their prize money from 2020 to buy this app, which is essentially like, I kind of equate it to the Uber of food rescue. So, so if cool. a caterer or a cafeteria or a corporation has a big dinner meal of any kind, and there's extra food that's been commercially prepared, that they're going to just throw it away. Wow. And that's what Feeding Charlotte does is they come in and they rescue that food and they redistribute it to other nonprofits that are feeding um, meals or hungry neighbors. That is beyond cool. And, you know, it, it's been a, a tough couple of years, obviously. We, we've had COVID. Um, there's a lot of just economic uncertainty right now. What would you say is just the overall state of, of nonprofits in Charlotte? Are they still receiving the support they need? Or is there sort of a, a community call to action to put out there? I'd like to believe that COVID made us all a little more compassionate. I'd like to believe that we're all a little more in tune to asking what people need rather than just assuming or pretending to know. We can accomplish more together. And we can be better together. And so I think we see great collaboration 
coming forward where nonprofits that one might be providing educational support and one might be providing meal support and one might be providing workforce development or financial literacy training. And so I think we're seeing more and more cross -coll collaboration and and supporting one another in terms of instead of everybody sort of off in their pockets doing their own work. Right. I think there's a great deal of collaboration and support and brainstorming and sharing best practices. I also think the pandemic helped us to understand that as nonprofits, we need to be able to offer our programming mm -hmm. and we also need to be able to attract volunteers and donors yeah. in ways yeah. beyond just being in the same room. So that has brought forward great innovation in terms of virtual programming, in terms of ways to meet new donors, new volunteers in a virtual setting. And so that it, you know, kind of, I don't want to say gone is the gala because galas are still fun and important, but I think we all realize there's a lot of different ways to build relationships. I also think that people started to realize that nonprofits while they have a mission and a purpose, they are really a business. Right. They're a business with a tax exempt status, which means they have staff, they have rent to pay, right. they have software right. expenses and laptop needs and hardware and software. And, and just like any other business has infrastructure to be able to accomplish their goals, they need funding for those things too. Many people don't realize, but in our country, the nonprofit sector is the third biggest employer behind food and retail. So there's a lot of really? people who work for nonprofits that, huh. you know, have mortgages and need to send their kids to college too. And I don't think anybody enters the nonprofit sector, you know, thinking they're going to get rich, but you've got to also make sure that our nonprofit leaders have access to benefits and have a livable wage just because they're working in the nonprofit sector doesn't mean that they're expected to work for free. Some of the, the grant funding and some of the unrestricted funding that people made available to ensure that they could keep their nonprofit staff members on staff and, and employed while we navigated through some of the dynamic situations that the early days of COVID presented were incredibly helpful to open the conversation about you've got to have people to run these important programs like a seed 20 or like a a food pantry or a financial literacy program. Mm -hmm. There's there's staff behind that that make those programs run and execute and possible. That's such a good point too. It really, you know, I have friends who even work in the nonprofit world and they have such an amazing heart and you you know that they they part of the reason why they're taking this, you know, this career path is because they love giving back, but you know, they, they have families, they have mortgages and right. they need a, a salary. Yeah. And it's, it's finding that balance. So I think that's such phenomenal perspective. And I would love to, to know the, just the story behind how seed 20 began. Well, just what's the, the story behind, you know, SVP and seed 20. That's an awesome question, and it's a really inspiring story. So it started, Social Venture Partners um, started as a concept out in Seattle, Washington in 1999. Wow. An entrepreneur had taken his public, his company public and had a large windfall, and he wanted to do something charitable 
with some of the proceeds from selling his company, but he wanted to do philanthropy differently. So just like people know venture capitalists, right? They invest dollars, but they also invest their time, their expertise, their talent in supporting nonprofits who have an important cause. He decided he wanted to be able to do that for the nonprofit community like others were doing for startups and emerging businesses. So he created Social Venture Partners. It took off. Um, in 2005, a group of uh, 12 couples found out about this venture philanthropy model and brought an affiliate of Social Venture Partners to Charlotte and created Social Venture Partners Charlotte in 2005. And, and through being part of this international network, which has now grown to more than 40 cities and seven countries around the world, we were exposed to other programming. And there were other cities that were hosting these pitch programs exclusively for nonprofit leaders. So they were shining the light on this innovation. So in 2011, SEED20 was born. And SEED20 is actually an acronym. It stands for Social Entrepreneurs Empowered. Uh. And so the very first pitch competition was held in 2011. And as I mentioned, we had to modify a bit during some of the COVID years, but essentially this is our 10th class to go through the program. So if you count this year's class, we have had more than 190 nonprofit leaders go through this pitch program. And I'm really delighted to say that including this year's class, about 165 of them are still operating, which is just an wow. incredible success rate when you figure that on, you know, the sad state of affairs is that within the first few years, about 50% of nonprofits close their doors. After the break, we'll be talking more to Beck about the state of nonprofits in Charlotte and how you can get involved. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all. When you want. Wherever you want. On your schedule. There is. The Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule. At queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. Heading into C20, um, even for this year or next year, what would just be your advice to founders who maybe have an idea and don't know what to do with it? Just because I, I find that in Charlotte, particularly, there's, it, it's such a great city where people from different walks of life will come together to ideate, but I feel like people aren't aware of the resources out there and how to really put their ideas on the map, um, mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to how to help people. So what would just be your advice to, to those folks who have like this great idea to give back or for a nonprofit, but just really don't know what to do about it? Yeah, I think my first piece of advice would be, it would be just like starting any other business. So if you were going to start a, a for-profit business, you would do research. 
you would look at the marketplace. You would look at the other companies and or organizations that are attempting to tackle the issue you care about. Right. And the same is true in the nonprofit sector. There may already be an organization in place that is tackling and that has had success in generating differentiated outcomes for the portion of our, our community that you want to serve and support. And so sometimes the answer is not always start a new nonprofit. Sometimes the answer is there may be an organization that you just aren't aware of that's already further down the the road. Um, now that doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't always room for innovation. Obviously we shine the light on things that are innovative and are doing things differently and, and have a different approach to a, an age old problem. But I think one of the first things I would say is just do your research to find out, is anybody attacking this issue? How, how are they doing? Is there an opportunity for you to lend your skills, your expertise, your social capital to their cause and get more involved? Sometimes it's, a, you know, getting involved, you start to learn more and more and more about the issue itself, about how issues are tackled. Um, and then, you know, if you're, you're, if there's still an idea, this idea that you have, or you still have an approach or someone's not, not addressing the concern you have, then I would say still do the research of what it takes to start a nonprofit, um, get beyond your friends and family, go find experts, you know, in the market that know the population that you're supporting, that have skill sets that are complementary to you. So things like accounting and finance and legal and marketing and fundraising, right? And and try to rally the cause and rally a group of people that are just as passionate about the issue as you are to, to help you because it is incredibly um, heavy lift, just like starting any other business, starting a nonprofit is a very heavy lift as well. And there are organizations in our city, like Social Venture Partners, like Share Charlotte, where there are in Aparo, which is another organization that provides technology support to nonprofits, where there are experts. There are places where you can go and learn and attend workshops and, and become more educated about the mechanics. And there's real regulation, right, around reporting requirements to the IRS and what it takes to go get your 501c3 status. So there's a lot of components that I think people don't fully understand always when they just launch full into starting a new nonprofit. Um, and that can, it's a lot of work and that can help distribute it with expertise and, and more people than, you know, it's sort of that we're better together and one plus one can sometimes equal three. If you have yeah. the right people coming alongside you with, with complementary skill sets so that it doesn't just rest on the shoulders of the nonprofit founder, because it's a, it's a heavy burden sometimes to, sure. you know, they're dealing with very sensitive social issues and community issues and, and extreme conditions, depending on the issue tackled, you know, whether it's domestic violence or it's yeah. homelessness yeah. or it's food insecurity or, you know, even our environment and, and animal welfare, you know, there's just right. a lot of really important causes, but sometimes it's very heavy and it's a, yeah. it's a little bit hard to walk that road alone. Mm -hmm. So that's why we really believe, you know, Social Venture Partners is an entire organization. You know, I'm the executive director. I'm one of two people on staff, 
but our real work is is in the hands of our partners, our donor volunteers that lend their expertise, that lend their time and their skills and their their social connections to open doors. Yeah. And that's yeah. what allows us to have been here almost, you know, the organization, we celebrate our 18th anniversary next month, but that is, that is only possible because of the generous, you know, donor volunteers that are part of our, our organization. They're the ones that make programs like Seed 20 possible. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I think that's great insight too. And also if, you know, I'm sure if starting a nonprofit feels overwhelming, you know, we'd love to just encourage people listening to to join and, and be a part of your local community and, and get involved. But, you know, Kristen, is there anything else you want to add that I'm missing? Yeah, I think there's a couple things I would say is one, this innovation program, Seed 20, first of all, it's not just new nonprofits. We have a couple of organizations that have been in our community a long time, like the Sullenberger Aviation Museum, which was formerly known as the Carolinas Aviation Museum, right? So, so this is open to, you know, emerging or new nonprofits, but it's also open to existing nonprofits that have been in our community a long time that have a new idea. So many of your listeners may have been to the Community Matters Cafe, which is actually a program of the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And the Charlotte Rescue Mission has been in our community for 85 years, right? But they were actually a third prize winner clear back in 2017. And so their $7,500 that they won that night was the first $7,500 of the nearly $2 million it took to open that amazing cafe for our community. So it's really, it's really about innovation. It isn't necessarily just for new nonprofits. That would be the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that as the the organization that hosts an innovation program, we too are innovating. And so this year for the for one of the first opportunities, we have a really cool technological platform that will allow audience members not only to vote to help us decide who gets the prize money, but also to make a financial contribution through the pledge platform. And our generous headline sponsor, Wells Fargo, is going to match the first $20,000 that are contributed that night. Wow. So there's a real way for people to not only come be inspired, but they can also give financially. As I mentioned earlier, they can go out into the reception and and maybe start to learn how they might be able to volunteer, or maybe they know someone that is working to support a similar population and they could facilitate an introduction. There's just a thousand ways that our community, even simple things like commenting on a social media post or starting to follow them and engage with their social content so that their algorithm, you know, the algorithms of our platforms get picked up in it and it it extends the reach of the work they're doing. There's just so many things that they can do and that we all can do something. It's just a matter of figuring out what issues are you passionate about? What organizations can you support? Mm -hmm. And what's the right way today? You know, we all are like, someday I'm going to this or someday I'm going to, no, what can you do today? And maybe you can't write a big check, but maybe you can lend your marketing expertise or your PR, you know, for you, you've got great PR and media skills. So maybe there's something you could do to, to open a door or provide, 
an introduction to an organization to some of your media colleagues. Absolutely. Lots of things that you can do that are very small, but ultimately could have a huge impact. Yeah. And like you said, it, it just takes one person to notice. And, you know, in, in terms of fundraising dollars, I, I feel like it, it's similar to recycling almost, you know, you yeah. think, oh, you know, my, if I don't recycle, it's not a big deal. I'm just one person. Well, what if everyone had that mentality and right. we'd be, you right. know, not in a great place. It's, I feel like it's the same thing with getting involved. It's like, well, you, you can make a big difference. And I think that's fantastic insight. And Kristen, again, thank you so, so much for your time. And, you know, also if folks want more information on seed 20, um, you know, yeah. it is, um, seed20.org. Um, and we will, you know, have that on the description for this episode as well. And you can get more information there for social venture partner, Charlotte, but thank you, Kristen, and really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Charlotte Newsmakers podcast is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network and is recorded at the QCPN studios in Uptown Charlotte. Producers are Alex Elich, Jess Dyer, and Brian Baltashevitz. Production manager is Taylor Robinson. If you have a story for us or a topic you think we should cover in depth, send us an email at hello at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. queencitypodcastnetwork.com.